0: In the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Bob, could you grab that light? The lights. Good morning. Nice to see all of you. Nice to have folks at the uh, uh, online as well. Great to have you with us. I have a friend who is uh, a cat guy. Heard of cat ladies? He's a cat guy, and. Uh, in fact, he'd had one cat for so long, he'd grown really, really attached, and as happens, this, this cat passed away, and so he, it was so devastating that he actually, um, he actually convinced himself that the cat was not dead, so he took the cat to the vet to see if there was anything that could be done. The vet must have been sort of having, you know, fallen on hard times, because the vet agreed, okay, fine, but it'll be 50 bucks, and the guy said, you know, anything, and so, um, and so it didn't take long, you know, he took a stethoscope, listened for a heartbeat, couldn't find one, he said, look, I'm, I'm sorry, your, your cat's dead, and um, my friend was so devastated, he said, I'm sorry, I can't believe it, he said, uh, can I get another opinion? He's really more of an acquaintance, but um. He's, he, um, and, and so the vet just shrugged and, and uh, whistled, and this Labrador retriever trotted out from the back room and came, a and, very well-trained dog, and, and, and nosed at the cat and, and, um, and pawed at it and, and you know, really just kind of worked it over and, and looked up confused at the vet, and the vet said, look, I'm sorry, your, your cat's dead. And he said, I just, I, just I, can't, I can't believe that that could happen, so can I, I'm sorry, but can I get another opinion? I, mean, I really hardly knew this guy at all, but I just, um, the, um, so he whistled again, the vet, and, and out trots this, this cat, this other cat, and comes along, looks up and down and up and, and down all over this cat, and then lets out this wail that his fellow feline has died, and the vet says, look, there's just nothing I can do, the cat's dead, and he said, that'll be $300. He said, $300? He said, $50. He said, yeah, that was before the lab work and the cat scan. So, um, <laughs> why are you shaking your head? <laughs> kind of a cheap way to say that if you don't face the facts, it can cost you, right? If you don't face the facts, it can cost you. Uh, well, today is the first Sunday in Advent, as we see from our one Advent candle that is lit. And if you are new to the church, or if you are, um, just need a refresher, uh, it will be helpful to know that the first Sunday of Advent is the beginning of what we call the church year. So happy new year to all of you. Uh, the church tells the story in succession of uh, Jesus' birth and life and death and resurrection throughout the year, and then the giving of the Holy Spirit um, to the church. And so we, we begin that story again today. But the the story of Jesus' birth does not begin in a manger or in a donkey or with a star in the east. The story of Jesus' birth begins with facing the facts. It begins with the acknowledgement that things are not the way that they ought to be. So Advent begins with the diagnosis of spiritual brokenness. Moral fuzziness and hollow religiosity. And therefore, Advent begins with a cry for God to intervene and fix it all and deliver us. So it begins with anticipation, longing for divine resolution. So I I am so glad that Advent... Is finally here. Because we need Advent now. Maybe more than any other year in any of our lives, we need Advent now. And so this sermon is really going to span two weeks. This week and next week, diagnosis and deliverance. Facing the facts and then finding the fix. So we begin advent 2020 like we do every year with the prophet isaiah acknowledging that things aren't the way that they ought to be (laughs) that rings a little truer this year doesn't it things aren't the way they ought to be it's not just theoretical it's not just spiritual it's immediately practical I mean, it's so obvious to us, it's almost laughable. Things aren't the way they ought to be. So many things certainly aren't the way that we want them to be. Which is why I say that we need Advent now. Because we are tired. We're tired of the phrase social distancing. We're more tired still of face masks. More tired still of Zoom meetings. More tired still of uh, everyone treating each other like germs to be avoided. Most ty- the most tired of all of, of, of not being with the people that we love. We're tired of election drama and rescheduled football games, and we're tired of juggling online and in-person classroom schooling and tired of social problems that have no agreed-upon solution. We're tired of 2020, and we're just tired. I don't know how things were at your house at Thanksgiving, on the day that we were supposed to count our bountiful blessings and gather with those we love. Things got, I mean, it was good, but things got tense. I was right in the middle of it. We're tired. We're on edge. We're, in some ways, we're scared and divided. Things are not as they ought to be. And again, I don't know about you, but the loss of Creature comforts and social tranquility has brought a little closer to the surface that things are not as they should be in me. Loss of control exposes control as an idol in my life, something I have to have in order to be happy or content loss of freedoms and things I've always taken for granted expose how much I relied on those things for my sense of self and my sense of peace rather than on what I tell you to rely on every week. And that's the grace of God or the love of God or the sovereignty of God. Morning devotions can slip sort of unnoticed into becoming uh, one more part of the day to get through than it is fuel for the day like it ought to be. And I could, you know, I'm sure I could go on and on, but the reality of these res- realizations has, that I have been forced into hasn't really yet found resolution. It's le- they've left me a little uh, more unsettled than just reset. Maybe you can relate. And if you can relate, then you know what Isaiah meant when he cried out, Oh that you would tear open the heavens and come down. Fix it. <laughs> or with the psalmist. When he, what he meant when he cried out three times in our psalm today. Restore us, O Lord of hosts. Show the light of your countenance and we shall be saved. Come down, fix it. The story of redemption told in the church here begins with Facing the facts. It begins with the diagnosis that things are not the way that they ought to be out there and things are not the way they ought to be in here. And so Advent begins with the longing for the Lord to come and set things right. That's the mood of Advent. and Advent is just what we need now. The great German pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer once wrote that the truest celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor and imperfect and who look forward to something greater to come. And the American writer Trish Harrison Warren wrote that in Advent we find repentance and rest intertwined. For Advent, she writes, is a space to breathe and a space to grieve. A space to cry out, come Lord Jesus, or better yet, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Advent is actually intended to be a season of uh, quiet and mindful reflection. Preparation, even in some sense, a time of fasting and mourning, like a little Lent. It's the same color. And this reflective intent often gets lost behind the frantic routines of Black Friday and Cyber Monday and ping ponging back and forth to Christmas parties. this This year, it might be our year. This is a year in which we are forced towards less. Less shopping. Less socializing. Less moving about. And perhaps this year of less is actually a golden opportunity. Because the facts that we're facing are staring us in the face. We're wearing them on our face. (laughs) And so we come to Advent 2020 tired, but we also come with hopeful anticipation. We come to Advent 2020 with what for us is an unusually vivid sense of longing for the intervention of God. We come to Advent 2020 with an unusually personal identification with Old Testament Israel in exile. Waiting, hoping, in prayerful expectation for the coming of the Messiah. And so perhaps we come to Advent 2020 a little more ready, a little more focused than usual, just, that just as Christ came, that Christ will come again. Not as a needy child, but in clouds with great power and glory. The great hymn which Charlie Ann sang for us at the beginning says, Lo, He comes with clouds descending once for favored sinners slain. Thousand, thousand saints attend thee. Swell the triumph of His train. Alleluia, alleluia. God appears on earth to reign. Why? Why? Because things are not the way they ought to be out there, and things are not the way they ought to be in here. So we're facing the facts. We need Advent now. We need the intervention of God and the manifestation of His grace to set things right out there and to set things right in here. And so we cry out with Isaiah. With the psalmist, we cry out with the countless hopeful saints throughout the ages, Come, Lord Jesus or better yet, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Amen.